1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio,
3: wherever you can get your podcasts.
0: Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.
1: This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam
2: Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And you got to believe us, even though the Yankees keep losing the third game of three game series, they're still playing well. They're red hot. Trust. Remember the other two games, they did happen, right? We keep recording after the one boring Stupid, blown lead, or dull loss. And trust me, winning two games out of three in a series at Tampa, if you're annoyed by that, you, you probably, it's time to reevaluate your dedication to the fan base. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer that up. We are going to give kudos to Garrett Cole, who deserves it, roll just Chapman, who maybe busted a fingernail or something weird and still pitched two days in a row and found 101 gas at the end of both games. And former Yankees prospect James Caprillion beat the Red Sox at Fenway Park with the Oakland A's. So shout out to him, too. We're going to give him his just desserts. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the Friday podcast. The Yankees are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Don't let anybody tell you differently. They are, uh, though uh, we we will find a
3: way to complain because that's how it works here. Well, they can't um, hit in baseball. It is part of
2: baseball. Yeah, yeah.
3: I just don't understand why is there why is there one run against Colin McHugh, Ryan Yarbrough, Ryan Thompson, Jeffrey Springs, and who is was this last guy? Lewis Head. Lewis head
2: (laughs) Lewis Lewis head. He pitched both of these. We got shut out by Rich Hill and (laughs) Lewis Head on Thursday again.
3: Rich Hill again, six and two thirds, six and two thirds innings, nine strikeouts, three hits, three walks. He goes 104 pitches. This guy couldn't get through what four innings a year or two ago, and now he's going to he's 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 pitching into the sixth and the seventh against us.
2: It is one of those scenarios where you wake up, you go, the Yankees need to take one at the Trop. It's the stupidest ballpark in the world. We never win there. You need to take one. You take the first and you go, that's amazing. Second game starts and you go, Garrett Cole. I mean, if we don't win the Garrett Cole game, I think I will be frustrated. Yeah. Only score one run. Garrett Cole and Chapman are brilliant. They take two out of the first two. And then you're like, anything. I couldn't possibly be annoyed by anything that happens in the third game. We never win here. We just won two in a row. Rich Hill, Jameson Tyone. I just want to see a little progress or something. And then Rich Hill throws like seven shutout innings and strikes out nine. It looks like Clayton Kershaw. Tyone gets lit up and then you're like, wait, oh, come. Okay, now I'm I'm really mad about losing one in Tampa. I'm really mad about that. But I guess I also am mad about that.
3: Yeah, I was greedy. I wanted the sweep because, like I said, the Rays suck and they do suck. We saw how much they sucked in the first two games. Rich Hill should not be doing that to us, but got the series win, which feels like when I I don't, I don't know when the last, I don't have the stats pulled up. I don't have the schedule. I don't know the last time we did that. It was uh, like so. May,
2: it was May, 2019. Yeah. And they haven't swept since early 2015. And yeah. Max Goodman posted the lineups from that sweep yesterday. And it was like, I mean, Garrett Jones had a three hit game. <laughs> it was like the Yankees beating Desmond Jennings. And as Drew was on the raise, like, a completely different era of baseball before we get too deep into this though. Oh, we have, we have breaking news. Oh my God. I, I hate, I hate doing this. You know how much I hate doing this, this important PSA and that's pubic service announcement. I checked a bunch of times, to make sure it's not a typo. It's not, The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Uh, My producer is telling me pubic service announcement actually is a typo. There's supposed to be an exclamation point in there because it's exciting. Pubic with an exclamation point. (laughs) This new trimmer was just released. It's got a ceramic blade. Advanced skin safe technology. So good, it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. Yes, the Wario guy. It's got a new multifunction on-off switch which can engage a travel lock, created for people who like to travel, obviously. The lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And it even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lanes with sizes one through four. Looks-wise, it's got a sleek two-tone mat and a gloss finish that even features a hot foil stamped black chrome MANSCAPED,
1: Manscaped
2: logo. Who doesn't want a black chrome MANSCAPED logo? If this interests you, join the 2 million men worldwide, over 2 million men, could be 2 million and one, who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. Worldwide, you could send this to your friend in Ibiza if you want a party. 20% off, free worldwide shipping with the code fansided20 at Manscape.com. Okay, now back to baseball. I mean, let's give Garrett Cole some love for what happened in, in game two of this series. Too often over the past several years, we have seen Garrett Cole. Uh, obviously, it is impossible to be disappointed with the Garrett Cole contract. He could, he should probably be making twice what he's making based on what other people are making. But time and again, he has sort of had these starts against the Rays. The Rays are over 500 against Garrett Cole since he became a Yankee. Uh, he's had a lot of, uh, It starts where he faces the Rays and the Yankees don't hit, and it's like 2-1 in the sixth. He gives up a tying home run to Austin Meadows or something, and he leaves the game and he goes seven innings, two runs. I'm obviously not upset by that, but it'd be nice to win one of these games. Wednesday, he came out, got one run of support in the seventh inning on an Aaron Hicks sack fly, which was almost a blown second and third no-outs opportunity for the Yankees. And he goes, I'm not giving up a run. I I refuse. I will not give up a run. The bottom of the Rays lineup is terrible now for some reason. If you don't make a mistake to Mike Zanino, they are not hitting you. Um, and he got the eighth inning uh, when he was nearing 100 pitches, and just breezed through in one, two, three, and ended it with a gas faced stare down of Brett Phillips. Yeah. Um, I was almost upset he made Willie Adamas look so bad because the worse Willie Adamas looks, the more likely the Rays are to be like, shouldn't we just call up Wander Franco and ditch this loser? Uh, which they will do at some point. <laughs> but for now, Willie Adamas is in the lineup, and and Garrett Cole it ended this game with a yeah a stare at the batter, one nothing, handed it off to a as Chapman who was somehow weirdly injured the day before throwing 96. They blamed it on his fingernail. Wasn't feeling great about a Chapman appearance there. Cause once again, he's going to blow a save at some point closers, blow saves closers. Don't have perfect seasons, especially ones who we have enough, a this Chapman data to know he's not Perfect. Um, he's looked perfect, but he came into that game. Uh, the, the one, nothing game throwing 96 with his first fastball again, falling behind three, one in the count to the first hitter of the inning. And we go great. Okay. Well, here it is. Here's the blown save after the best start of Garrett Cole's Yankee career. Nope. Gets a Rosarito to pop out, uh, gets to one-on-one on the next batter. sends Michael Brasso home, which I almost wanted to stand and applaud Kevin cash for being smart enough to pinch hit Brasso there. I was like, you, you dirty genius. This is so smart. Um, but he whiffed him on, you know, one-on-one on the corner. Where did that come from? I don't know. And then he got Manuel Margot to pop out to, to Geo, and I thought the ball was going to hit a stupid catwalk ring, uh, but it didn't. It fell in his glove, and the game was over. Uh, you maybe won't see a more perfect game, and what a way to win a series at, at a house of horrors.
3: I know, and this is the stuff that we want to see from Garrett Cole. I'm not criticizing Garrett Cole at all. It's uh, We are not but, criticizing Garrett no, Cole at all. Not at all, but he, he does shoulder the responsibility of, having to put forth performances like this, like when you know, your lineup is not able to get you runs. It's great. I'm not giving up a run for eight innings. And look, we could talk all we want about how the Rays lineup isn't very good. We could talk all we want how his arch nemesis G Man Choi is not has not been in the lineup for her. <laughs> he was supposed number- to come
2: back this weekend I and know. he didn't, which is great. Know. Yeah,
3: yeah. So that helped. I mean, look, that that could just be pure luck over whatever it was. But Choi has not been in the lineup. The Rays are not exactly a skeleton crew, but they're just not the same team, nonetheless. It- exactly what you want to see. Eight innings, four hits, no walks again, 12 strikeouts, 106 pitches. He's hitting 100 in the eighth inning, like ridiculous stuff. Uh, do we want to talk about where he's leading the league? Five and one leads the league with five wins, eight starts, leads the league with eight starts. FIP 1.11 leads the league. Whip 0.8, uh, 0.68 leads the league. Walks per nine innings, a half a walk per nine innings. Strikeout to walk ratio, 26. <laughs> a 26 strikeout to walk ratio, I understand we thought that number was ridiculous like three starts ago because it was like 23. It's actually gotten higher and he's played more games. He has eight starts. He's what he's a quarter of the way through the season. And this is what the stats are looking like. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I am very, very glad Uh, I said it before earlier in the year. Wasn't going to say anything about the starting rotation until May 15th. Uh, in terms of any critiques, uh, it's May 14th, so I still can't. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, very, I'm very glad I didn't because I like the way things are turning out. You knew Kluber was going to need some time. I'm still giving Tyone a long leash because he's just had so much to battle back with. And he's actually gotten very unlucky. Um, if you dive a little bit deeper, uh, Monty, great start on a Tuesday for us. Domingo Herman turning it around, kind of putting everything behind him. Hopefully, it seems uh, he's a little bit more zoned in, but Garakol leading the staff really can't say enough. Uh, he's bringing the you when he is coming out to the mound. It's like you just it feels like it feels like shutdown city. And it's cool because we talked about his last start. Aaron Judge was saying that, uh, you know, he just gets the guys pumped. He's walking around the locker room. He's pumping. He's pumping people. Uh, up beyond belief. He's leading by example. His energy is contagious. So that's what we want from a $324 million ace. And uh, I know we didn't ha- exactly have those moments last year. Very weird season. Um, Ray's kind of had his number for whatever reason. Uh, opening day, we were sitting there. We're like, oh, can't Cole just like shut the Blue Jays down? He's got to give him and Hinjin Ryu go toe to toe. But ever since then, these seven starts were playing the part. Uh, can't give them enough credit because uh Yankees have scored let's, let's we can look at this now. Yankees have scored 20 runs in their last 7 games. It's not very good. Um they got they've gotten incredibly lucky. They they have admittedly played uh played it tight late in games. The defense has overall been good. Um they they've managed to come up with some clutch hitting especially in the last series that we had uh against the Nationals. Um and uh, I know they, they finished this raise up, uh, race series up with a stinker. But, you know, you get the job done by scoring four runs in the first two series. Uh, you got to give props to the pitching staff there because this lineup is susceptible to these massive peaks and throws. Um, And any other, any other season, Yankees are losing those games if they're not scoring enough runs. So uh, props to Garrett Cole, props to the pitching staff. Love what I'm seeing. Let's get these O's this weekend.
2: Yeah, they haven't scored, I believe, more than four runs since, like, May 5th. They haven't uh, scored multiple runs in an inning Mm -hmm. since the Astros series, I think, which is insane. But then again, you know, the offense goes through peaks and valleys in a normal season. This is not a normal season. The baseball has changed. Most teams don't hit at all. Like, the Red Sox, I think you can agree, have a good offense. They just went through a week where they barely hit. You have to win games in different ways in modern baseball and, and in years past the Yankees would not have had the ability to match wits with the Rays and Nats. They would not have held serve in the Scherzer game. They would not have been able to win a one nothing game where the Rays were throwing all sorts of bullpen slop at them. Garrett Cole was able to take the mantle and win that baseball game. So yeah, the Yankees haven't hit really for a while. They will. There will be a stretch where the pitching and hitting don't line up either, and the Yankees are going to have to win a slugfest or two. But in a year like this, it's almost more important that the pitching be in lockstep than it is that the offense be on fire all the time. Jameson Tyone, un- unlucky dude. Uh, it, you, know, you don't want to harp on that too much, but it goes without saying that he-, he is not matching his peripherals. He is giving up more home runs than you'd want to see from somebody like Jameson Tyone, but his stuff has been far more effective at generating whiffs and Ks, a- and his FIP is in the like high threes and his ERA is in the mid fives. Like None of it lines up. The- I think the fact of the matter with Tyone is his stuff is basically back after Tommy John. Mm-hmm. He is not... Uh, executing to the level he should be, he's he implemented a new motion to keep his arm action short uh, this offseason or long. Why am I stupid? <laughs> I think short, right? One of the yeah, two. it's
3: definitely shorter. Uh,
2: yes, um, but he you know doesn't seem to be locating the way he should be. His command is still off, and when the command is off, the stuff isn't good enough that it's going to blast past bats, and you know your command can be disregarded. So I do think it's an it's an instance where his command doesn't match the stuff yet, and it is May fourteenth. And eventually, Tyone and Tyone's also coming off good starts, and he was bad yesterday. And and that's you know that's what happens. People, uh, Twitter is a menace for things like this. The Yankees aren't going to win every day. They they're going to lose at least. uh, Breaking news: They're going to lose at least forty or forty five more games this year. I'm sorry to, I hate to, I guess I'm a downer. Manscaped yeah. just told us. Yeah. Manscaped are breaking news. The Yankees are gonna lose a bunch more games this year. They're gonna <laughs> lose, they're gonna lose between 40 and 50 more games this year. That's just that's something that's gonna happen. So Twitter is poisonous for this stuff because someone like Jameson and Tyone struggles, maybe even struggles two times in a row. And it's like, get him out of here. This guy's pointless. Jameson and Tyone's trash. Wake up, no cap, realize Jameson and Tyone sucks. Like the Yankees, the World Series 9 Yankees had Chin Ming Wong putting up like a 15 ERA for a month and a half, right? He would, he would start mm-hmm. every day and give up nine runs and in two innings. Then they had Chad Godin. Then they had Sergio Mitre. Then they went into the playoffs with three starters. Like, if Twitter was in its heyday in 2009, it would be DFA Mitre every five days. It would be Yankees trash. Like, uh, does anybody else think the Sergio Mitre guy actually sucks? And people would be right. He, he wasn't good. But then guess what? They got to the playoffs and they had three reliable starters and they won the World Series. So this year, the Yankees have Cole, Kluber, uh, <laughs> Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman, Tyone in the five spot with peripherals that don't match his production so far. They're eventually going to have Luis Severino probably, it would appear. They got Michael King. They've got Clark Schmidt. They've got Davey Garcia. Like, I, I just, I don't have any tolerance for people who hop on Twitter every five days to be, and this is me. This has been me in the past. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to my 23-year-old self. But if you watch the Yankees win four in a row, very impressively, and then hop on for the fifth day to be like, James and taito trash. Gary Sanchez, better. Like, reevaluate <laughs> your life. Like, just the, the Yankees are going to lose some baseball games. I'm sorry. And if if the peripheral, like, if they were carrying one terrible starter and four good ones, that would be one thing I would already be telling you to shut up, but Tyone's peripherals don't match the production. So when he turns it around, when he turns it around, don't come to me and say, like, oh, my tweet for May was dumb. OK, great. Don't tweet it. We're going to take
0: a quick break. When we come back, giving James
2: Caprillion a little bit of love. Stick around.
0: You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick, but what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually. Because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Welcome back to the Inksco Yard podcast. Yeah, the Boston Red Sox,
2: uh, maybe not a complete juggernaut, Faced a good team for the first time in a month this week. Uh, The Oakland A's came to Boston. Of course, they came to Boston. They did not face the Oakland A's on the road. Uh, The road schedule got to pick up at some point. Wonder when that will happen. But the Oakland A's come to town, win the first game, extinguish the Red Sox in the second game too, uh, ultimately lose the third game. (laughs) The only good pitcher the A's sent at the Red Sox All-Series got bashed. Uh, (laughs) The Red Sox had to win that. They would have lost four in a row though. Same situation that that I don't think was going to happen there. But – James Caprillion, third Major League appearance, first Major League start at Fenway Park in the second game of the series. That is not a recipe for success. Gets through five-plus innings, uh, works out of a lot of jams, gets a win in his first uh, start ever after not really performing up to expectations in two relief outings last year. Long road for a pitcher the Yankees cut bait with in the sunny Gray trade. Neither team has seen much. From that deal, honestly, the Yankees have probably benefited more than the A's because Sonny Gray gave them a solid 2017 playoff start. As weird as it is to say, uh, obviously, he was one of the bustiest busts in recent Yankees history, but I'd still take what he gave us at the end of 2017 over what the A's got from Justin Fowler and Caprillion so far and Jorge Mateo, who they cut bait with uh, and is now in San Diego and is on the COVID IL ruining my fantasy team. Uh, we don't need to get into that, but James Caprillion... Uh, paying the Yankees back with a huge start at Fenway Park, putting a little doubts in the Red Sox' minds. Uh, Boston now sort of in the middle of the pack and run differential and showing a little bit of weakness in their armor, losing to a guy who they never should have lost to, so standing ovation for Caprillion and standing over for his dad, who was in the stands going absolutely nuts behind a mask, refusing to remove a mask and just screaming and fist-pumping in his seats at the Fens. So big ups to that guy who fought through Tommy John and a lot of uh, unnecessary setbacks during his early seasons with the Yankees and his seasons with the A's, trying to make an impact. Finally did. Love to see it.
3: Yeah, I remember them drafting him, dude. It feels like yesterday. Like, the, the years are just flying. First round, 16th overall in 2015. like The Benintendi draft, which yeah.
2: is it's such a weird feeling because the Red Sox got such an immediate contributor in that draft yeah. who has been around in the majors forever, and the Yankees hit Caprillion. It feels like a 10-year separate those two drafts.
3: Well, they thought Caprillian was going to be a fast riser, right? Yes. And then he ended up getting... Tommy John in 2017.
2: After I think right after we traded him, right or no? Was it? I don't know. He he definitely he like only
3: logged ten starts in 2016.
2: He never pitched. Yeah he, yeah, he never pitched.
3: Um. Yeah. He he hardly. Yeah. 2015. He hardly pitched. He missed. It, yeah. It looks like he has. I don't know. Baseball reference has those weird, like gray lines indicating that, you know, something went terribly wrong. <laughs> Big yikes. Uh, yeah, I don't exactly remember what uh, what it was, but he hadn't pitched since according to according to baseball reference. The last time he threw for the Yankees was in the Arizona Fall League back in 2016. And then the last time he appeared in a game for anybody was the A's at the. Uh, at High A Stockton in 2019. So yeah, he, he had. I remember journey. this now. He yeah. had
2: recurring elbow pain in 2016 yep. and 2017. We were told it wasn't Tommy John. It's not Tommy John. Oh wait, no, it actually is. In yep. April 2017, he had the surgery finally, and then we traded him with mm-hmm. the full knowledge he'd have to rehab, and he you know took a long time to do that, and came back in May 2019, and then lost a full season of 2020. Yeah. You know that no minor leagues for you. So not good.
3: And then poor t- and Dustin Fowler was also in his sunny gray deal with the AZ tears up his knee and what his first or second game coming up runs into that a fucking, pipe. Yeah. What like, was the, it was like a box. Me? Yeah. It was a box or a pipe like in the sticking out of the field. This the most ridiculous. Yeah. Shit oh, our bad.
2: We have electrical yeah. boxes. Uh, yeah. Sorry. This has never come up before. Uh, thank you, Chicago. Uh,
3: but yeah, great, uh, great battling from him. Five innings. He struck out six, I think. Uh, Ninety five pitches. So. Awesome. That's, that's first round value. In my opinion, you beat the red Sox, you beat the red Sox. whether you're a part of the Yankees, or you're a part of somebody else, uh, at Fenway, that's, that's first round value. Um, and I know Caprillion is not, um, a Yankees pitcher right now, but I was just, you know, going through a bunch of, uh, stats here, looking at his thing. I went down the rabbit hole. Yankees fourth in the league in ERA 3.22 ERA Mark and first in the league in whip 1.06. Uh, it's funny to think, you know, if Caprillion ended up being healthy and they actually felt confident in him, and they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't want to go the Sunny Gray route, it'd be, it'd be certainly intriguing to see what he would be uh, providing as, you know, one of the long guys uh, potentially on this pitching staff um, could give us even more length uh, in the event something happens. But um, congrats to him. Thank you for beating Boston. We're only two games back now. We could have capitalized with a nice win over the Rays. Um, last night to, to remain within the game, but it's still early. The Red Sox are clearly not, uh, clearly not the team that, uh, got out to that incredibly hot start. Uh, they're going to fizzle off a little bit. We're going to be able to take advantage. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention about Tyone before we get, we got to talk about Aaron Hicks. We can't forget about that.
2: Apparently. Um,
3: yeah, I know it sucks, but, uh, Tyone, um, Tyone, guys, it's a it's a long play for Tyone. This is not, you're not supposed to be seeing immediate returns from Jamison Tyone early in the year. So if you're complaining, like Adam said on Twitter, please stop because this man had a second Tommy John surgery. He beat testicular cancer, and now he's back on the mound for the first time in quite a while. Um, everyone was frustrated with Corey Kluber. Um, these are not plays that are supposed to be paying dividends early on. Tyone has, still has a long road back. He is battling in every start. Um, which you have to respect because that's all we want to see. We want to be able to see he can get that pitch count up. He can continue to build himself up as a starter uh, after ha- after this long layoff. And he's striking people out, dude. So that's that's a good sign. He struck out nine batters against the Rays uh, in four and two thirds innings. Uh, I know he gave up some long balls, but like he's still getting his bearings. You know, come come start, come complaining to me in August when things have not turned around because this move was not to get the Yankees off to a good start this season. This move was to prepare for the Yankees down the stretch and in the playoffs. And based on what we're seeing from Tyone, and like you said, his peripherals, it's eventually going to, he's eventually going to write the ship. He's going to be a very, very important lethal piece for the deepening of the rotation.
2: If he doesn't write the ship, he's the unluckiest pitcher ever. How about that? Because there is no stat that shows he won't write the ship. So if he doesn't, like it's just the universe conspiring against the Yankees, which, you know, does happen, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, if that happens, it's some force beyond our control. All the stats show that he will bounce back. Before we go quickly into Aaron Hicks, i do a little Red Sox corner for you. Um, <laughs> it's one game in the loss column, by the way. I don't know how the Red Sox have gotten these extra games. They've gotten extra games and they've won them all. So uh, Yankees are 20-17. and 17, The Red Sox are 23-16. and 16. So they've played. They just have three additional wins for some reason. I think they've played two extra games. Um, so not a bad position to be in for the Yankees. Here's what we've got the, for the Red Sox after they just fought through the gauntlet of Toronto at home, Seattle at home, on the road against the stupid Mets at Texas, Detroit at home at Baltimore, and then Oakland at home, obviously. So all the tough teams at home on the road to face cupcakes, uh, the Mets don't score, and they went on a winning streak shortly thereafter. Of course they did. Thank you, Mets. Um, they're never going to help us ever. So here's what the Red Sox have now. The Angels for three over the weekend. Uh, you know, not hard, not easy. Mike Trout, uh, the pitching is not great there. You know, so that's uh, somewhere between a cupcake and a challenge. And obviously it is at home at Fenway Park. But then the Red Sox go to Toronto, to Philly. Atlanta comes to Boston. Miami comes to Boston, at Houston, at Yankees. Houston comes to Boston. Toronto comes to Boston, at Atlanta. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Enjoy that's a that's a long sequence of baseball games. Where uh, you're not going to really be able to breathe. Then they go to at Kansas City, who is a cupcake now all of a sudden. At Tampa, love playing there. And then the Yankees come to Fenway. It, it doesn't really get that much easier for the Red Sox until August. So uh, you know they're a good baseball team. They're going to win some of those games. They're going to lose some of those games. But literally throughout the month of April and May, it was all cupcakes. Plus the toughest teams in the league were coming to Fenway. Chicago came to Fenway. Tampa came to Fenway. Toronto came to Fenway you know, Oakland came to Fenway. So I don't know who designed this or actually I do know who designed this someone who looked at the Red Sox in 2020 and were like, oh man, that stunk when they were so bad and with fans in the stands, we got to, we got to get them off to a hot start. So they did. Uh, now they're starting to backslide a little bit to normalcy. Let's talk about Aaron Hicks for some reason. I guess we have to talk about Aaron Hicks. Um, the Yankees outfield, the Yankees are winning games with like the worst outfield in baseball. Aaron Hicks production has been in the toilet. Only recently has it picked up in any capacity. He fouled a ball off his shin pretty hard in the Sunday game. Uh, missed the Tuesday game despite being in the starting lineup. Initially was pulled um, Wednesday played. Uh, he hit that sack fly, got turned around to his better side and hit a hard line drive center. Thanks for doing that. Hicks missed Thursday's game with wrist soreness which is not leg soreness which is not where he fouled the ball was sent for an mri apparently wrist soreness had been bothering him for several days so unless wrist soreness is the name of an exotic dancer who keeps calling he keeps hanging up why don't you send him for an mri when the wrist soreness first emerges and then the yankees after the game said we got the MRI back. We took a look at the imaging and it's, yeah, it's going to take us another day. to. We're, we're going to think about it overnight. We're going to get back to you tomorrow. Uh, if you have to think about a wrist MRI for more than like one minute, there's something wrong with the wrist MRI. Like there's something not good in the imaging. So expect not to see Aaron Hicks for a while. Uh, Brett Gardner is going to be playing center field every day, I guess. They should probably call a Best of on Floreal. Um, Clint Frazier has been one of the worst regular players in baseball this year. I do not know what happened i continue to posit that he got concussed when he banged in the wall for no reason in spring training for the second time in a couple of years uh, and didn't tell anyone I remember when he missed a couple days during spring and tweeted i'm fine with a little smiley face and everybody said we were awful for speculating that he might be injured and then he started the season with his legendary bat speed unable to catch up to a rich hill 88 mile an hour fastball i remember that remember how it's now mid-may and he's hitting 140 remember that i do um, the walk rate's good. The, all the contact is terrible. There is no explanation for what's happening with Fraser other than an undiagnosed issue. So take that with, uh, take that, uh, with a grain of salt for what you will. I think Aaron Hicks is probably going to be out for a while. I think that's probably an absence that most of us would not have been recently, but they need to find a solution there because the outfield has been legitimately horrible as, uh, outside of Aaron Judge as the rest of the team begins to rise. The tide has not carried all boats here.
3: Yeah. Give me give me a Chris Bryant trade, baby. He's playing left field. So let's just let's go for the jugular. Uh, it's not going to happen, but cool to think about because, look, uh, Yankees medical staff strikes again. Well, why are we wait? A, a player is injured? Hicks had elbow issues. Hicks hurt his shin the other week. Like now he's complaining about his wrist. Like you got to figure this out. I don't know why, why we're waiting, why there's, there, there's always like inconclusivity with, with this medical staff. I, I just, yeah. My wrist hurts. It.
2: Let's give it some time. Why yeah, give it some no, time? Just Let's check, check out, out
3: the wrist hurting. Yeah. You're in New York, the epicenter of like medical success and, and, <laughs> and advancement. Like just, just throw them, throw them in an MRI tube and figure it out.
2: Bad news. Um, we couldn't find a hospital, Aaron. <laughs> there were just, there weren't any hospitals. I wish we could have.
3: Uh, it's, and this is nothing against Aaron Hicks because it's terrible to say, but like, this is going to go down as one of the worst contract extensions that the Yankees could have ever offered. Yes. It shouldn't so, because
2: the money shouldn't matter. Yeah. But the won't.
3: money doesn't matter. It's the length of it. I don't know why you're giving a guy a seven year extension when like he had like a, like a good, like hundred and something games. Um, I understand the prospect of him, you know, his athleticism in center field is great and he's a switch hitter, but like he's a guy who's a product of the players around him. um, And he's not, and he wasn't exactly young. He's not, ex- he's not young. He's not young at all. What is he? 31 or something? He's 31 so, now. Yeah, yeah. So like there's still five years on this contract. It's just not. And, and once again, it's not his fault, but like this is the Yankees breaking their contract extension policy for, for Aaron Hicks. And now it's injuries are one thing, but like even at the start of this year, I mean, he's, he, he was technically hot, like, over the last week or two and he got got his average up to 194 his OBP to 294. Like it's just awful. Like I don't know. The Yankee the Yankees outfield uh you look at Clint Frazier slashing 146, 283, 292. Brett Gardner 188, 280, 234. Uh Aaron Chudge is the only guy producing. Um so I I really don't know what the Yankees are gonna do. Like you said, Florial could be a Could be an option. Uh, He's tearing it up at double A Somerset. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the week or last week that fans just have kind of written him off cause they simply heard about him too much. And they're yes. like, Oh, I wonder what he's doing. No, he's, this is his first time in double a He broke his wrist in 2019. Uh, he had a little bit of a setback, didn't have that great of a year when he was able to take the field after that. Uh, what are you going to do, man? Like you have a broken wrist. That's pretty serious. That's like everything you need in baseball. You need your wrist in your hand. Uh, so it took him some time to get back, but now he's already making an impact at uh double a right off the bat. He has like four runs and six, seven games or, or eight games or something. Um, so, and he's a lefty remember and he could play center field and he's athletic. So that, that could potentially be an option. Uh, but I'm going to hold the Chris Bryant trade in my back pocket because if the Jacoby Ellsbury, we still don't know what's happening with this. If the Jaco- Jacoby Ellsbury <laughs> uh, grievance ends up sc- screwing over the Yankees. There's absolutely no reason why they just shouldn't spend more money because they're already going to have, 21 it's like 22 million dollars added to the books uh when all is said and done if they lose this grievance and it's going to come on this year's books so that's going to shoot their payroll up to like near the 225 mark and then at that point just like you know what what's chris bryant's making what like 19 million this year you trade from halfway through the year or something like that and just inherit another nine to ten million dollars like what does it matter at that point
2: if it's, we it's- lose the grievance can't we just Use Jacoby Ellsbury in the outfield this year? Like, I would put a cold Jacoby Ellsbury instead of Clint Frazier.
3: (laughs) Fans would riot. Um, (laughs) I mean that the, the way the Yankees have made him disappear is like one of the things that every fan has gotten behind. It's like you never see unity among Yankee fans. He's
2: in the owner's box like Clemens. Everyone's like, wait, who's (laughs) announcing they're coming back? Oh, my God. No, I'm going to see you guys in a
3: few weeks. It's going to be great.
2: I'm going to be pitching. Wait, what? Are you serious? (laughs) Why are you doing this?
3: Um, But yeah, I mean, the Yankees, we don't want to we don't want to harp on the bad, but the outfield really not looking good. Uh, When the Yankees post a lineup, you look at it and you're just like, dude. If Hicks and Frazier aren't completely sleepwalking, and if Gary can like at least get on base, they, look, criticize Gary Sanchez all you want. I know he's not great. I don't really have the utmost faith in him based on what I've seen. He's bat, still batting under two hundred. He's hitting one ninety seven, I think, but he's OBPing three fifty. So uh, it,
2: that's solid. At least he's, he's been doing above, that. He's been above the league average this year because the league yeah. average is so bad. Yeah, it's. It's the lowest level of acceptable for Gary Sanchez, who's supposed to be a star. Yeah. And he's supposed to be way over league average. So I'm not going to do a victory lap over him. No. Nudging his way past the league average. But that being said, offense is down and he is above league average right now. So he's not the biggest problem on the team.
3: Yeah. And we're going to take anything from him because we know how dark the struggles could be. And I'll take a 350 OBP. I'm not a huge OBP guy. I like making contact. I like testing defense. I like putting the balls in play. It's not really, it's not a reality with Gary Sanchez. It's obviously not a reality with Aaron Hicks, Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner right now. I like hitting
2: breaking balls. Gary Sanchez still can't do that. Yeah. It's
3: crazy. But I, you know, one of these guys, if one of these guys like just turned it up and like two of them sucked, like this lineup is, is it's night and day, but Hey, 20 and 16 or 20 and 17 right now, 20 and 17. I'll totally take it based on the struggles uh, that we've seen. Um, and hopefully Hicks, Hicks gets better. It's been a really rough road for him the last two years, year and a half. So, uh, all the best to him. Don't really want to, I don't want to get on his case. Cause I know he's working hard, uh, to get back to normal after Tommy John. And he's been having trouble from the left side of the plate. Uh, his arm was bothering him. Now it's his wrist. So, uh, you know what that does to a player mentally, man, it's just, it puts you in a bad place. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of, uh, come to grips with all of it. So, Uh, Hopefully he's back soon and contributing, but at the moment right now, I think they still have to start looking ahead to either, uh, you know, who they have in the system. If they want to take a shot on Floreal or if they want to start exploring uh, trade deadline acquisitions, David Peralta, another one would love David Peralta on the Yankees.
2: Yeah. We've got some coming up on that this week and uh, look out for Mm. David Peralta. Look out for KB. Look out for Charlie Blackman might be Mm. available. Uh, These lefty lefty outfield mashers who maybe transition at this point in their careers to being good bench pieces on a good team instead of above average starters on a bad team just uh throwing that out there yeah um all the best to Aaron Hicks I'm not I'm not confident in the wrist at all that's not no. where you want to have a problem or a soreness or anything like that Miguel Andujar had it a couple of weeks ago he had carpal tunnel all spring I, I, I it doesn't make me feel good they can win without Aaron Hicks but they are probably gonna have to figure that out all that being said 6 and 11 to 20 and 17 uh, at, oh, yeah. and just beat up the Rays, Nationals and Astros. Uh, these are good teams. This is the type of gauntlet that if you are winning two out of three in all of these series, you're doing something right. So best of luck to the Yankees moving forward. I'm happy. Six and eleven to twenty and seventeen. I have nothing to complain about right now. Also, go Knicks in the playoffs. Go Win Knicks. out. Keep doing your business. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us those five star reviews along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Special guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as the Yankee season drones on. I'm enjoying May more than I enjoyed April. I don't know about you. Thomas Carinante, where can they find you? I'm
3: at Tommy's underscore takes everyone. Uh, please enjoy your Pizza Friday. Have a good weekend. And a nice set coming up against the O's. Let's maybe sweep this. Let's sweep one. I want to sweep one. I want to, I want, I want to bring the broomsticks out. I want to feel good about it. Uh, but until then, head on over to Yanksgoyard.com. We got all the content for you. And also talk to us on the official Yanksgoyard Twitter account at YanksgoyardFS. Enjoy your weekend once again, and we'll talk to you on Monday,
2: folks. Enjoy your weekend. Have a relaxing one. We'll see you
1: progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog
0: check front door check window check other window rest chin on ground look into distance bark for no reason check front door check window check other window your
1: Your pet has a very busy schedule so it's up to you to make sure they're protected that's why progressive car insurance covers your pets for up to a thousand dollars if they're ever in a car accident with you
0: chase shiny ball Lose shiny ball find shiny ball eat shiny ball
1: Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator